Touche, touche indeed. Touché. And welcome back to the Rogue Agents. Um, <clears throat> welcome, welcome. We're here. We made it. We're we on. Slightly off time, but you know what's new. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're a bi-weekly intermittent podcast. <laughs> we're weekly, weekly intermittent bi-weekly podcast with occasional. You don't know what you're going to get with us. <laughs> like, like, it's just like each episode. Is that new ink? Who? Sam or me? Damn, did you get a new tattoo? No. Nothing. Clean. No, what I, I have you can't see. Probably that. I've you had that for... <laughs> with the visible ink. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed your next evening. Glad to see you guys up and running. Thanks, man. Uh, and you ever seen it before? Go, go check all the VODs. I'm sure it shows up in every single VOD. But I guess I can go. We can do this real quick. It's... I don't know how to do this without... Okay. Uh, uh, my arm. That's not that one. Okay. Uh, I don't know how to do this with like I, I able to show it. I'll put pictures in the Discord. How about this? Uh, basically, go. it's a monkey riding a unicycle, juggling a grenade, a landmine, RPG, and some playing cards. Um, <laughs> I've seen, yeah, I've seen it now. Yeah. <laughs> it's super fun. Um, I went to the artist and I was like, I want a monkey on a unicycle juggling this. I don't care how it looks. Like, do what you want. I love that yeah, you came there with the vision. Like, you, you came in yeah. with the vision. Like, yeah. Yep. That's how a tattoo should be, shouldn't it? Like, you just, like, this is what I want. Yeah. And then let the artist bring your vision to life see so i used to think that and then i had a bunch of friends i had one friend that became a tattoo artist and then like three friends that were hanging around a tattoo shop and like they just turned into canvases for the artists who were bored and just basically got done up but so you're, you're at that point like i think that's different because you're like you're kind of going into it knowing they're gonna put whatever they want on you yeah so you're kind <laughs> of just like playing but like if i'm gonna go and i'm gonna go like pay for like a tattoo for sure then like I, I have an idea of what I want. And I also, as like someone who enjoys art and painting and all that, I want to be able to give the artists like their artistic freedom to do what they want because that means it's gonna turn out a million times better. And I like new styles, so find somebody who's a new style artist, give them my idea of what I want and say, do whatever you want, the colors you can pick. I don't care about the colors as long as they like they look good. And um what's real funny is like the person who did my tattoo is actually colorblind. Um oh, but all the colors are like perfect too, like real, real good. All right. Uh, anyways, tangent number one, ink. Um, <laughs> my tattoo artist has no tattoos. It's cool guy though. It does make up so for TV and movies. That's awesome though. Wow. I mean, cool job. Likes art. Like, makes your own. Um, what were we gonna go on about? I guess hot takes, cold drinks. Uh, Sam and I both unplanned showed up with eggnog. <laughs> His is homebrewed. Mine is store-bought. Um, <laughs> however, I will say, when I was a kid, my dad had um, some homemade eggnog, like alcoholic variety. Yeah. That was, like, amazing. And he doesn't have the recipe, and he can't find it for the life of him. And I remember tasting it one time. But basically, it was, like, alcoholic eggnog with the perfect amount of 99 bananas. Oh, interesting. I can I, I, yeah. I, I can see how that would... It's like a, a dovetail. It was so good. Yeah, like, like like the brandy and the 99 bananas like tasted so good together. Like I tried yeah. recreating it, and it just wasn't the same. Like, it was like too much banana, not enough banana. Like They had like the perfect combination of what it was, and I'm so sad. Him and his friend used to get together like every year and make eggnog, I guess, and that was like one of their mixes that they threw together. And Man, 
Have you yeah. tried? Do you, have, do you have a jigger with like the big cup yeah. on the top and the little cup on the bottom? All right, because mm-hmm. like that's always like the first step. Is I always try to do like just like a big shot of something, a little shot of something else, like just to see how close it is. But that's fair. I just, I love eggnog. I love the taste of eggnog. It's probably like one of my favorite like mixed drinks. Like that or I love white Russians too. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, like because a white Russian is basically eggnog, just not as sweet. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. No, I, white I and mean, cream. Yeah, it's white and creamy, and like it's it's yeah. My anyways, <laughs> fun fact: White Russian was my first my first alcoholic drink that I ever had underage. Uh, I think that my dad might have had one. He had some friends over one night. And we had a refrigerator outside. So I went outside in the morning, getting ready to ride my bike to school. And I opened the refrigerator and I was like, hey, look at this giant glass of chocolate milk. Awesome. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just going to chop this. <laughs> Didn't taste as much like chocolate milk as I'd expected. Uh, kind of had a weird flavor. And it was, uh, well, it was a ride to school after that. It was good. It was fun. That's That sounds like a great, great no, no school day, damage. you know. <laughs> And this is how we got Sam. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's been one of these. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess other news. News for MCP has been kind of low. Um, Shatterpoint's Quiet. looking pretty cool. I'm excited for it. I'm probably going to get into it. And I think Sam here is too. And uh, Yeah. I think that most, most Star Wars IP games have to like... They have to be bad for me to not want to play them. <laughs> At least, like, like you know, play too. it for a little while. Yeah. Like, it just... I don't know. Marvel was cool. It was cool to see a Marvel game. That's why I jumped on a Crisis Protocol, because I was like, oh, that's fun. Superhero fights are cool. I like that. I definitely prefer a skirmish game, though. So... Yeah. Uh, Legion. Legion was fun, but I didn't... I didn't fall in love with the skirmish rules they had. And, uh, I don't know. X-Wing was fun for a time, but I kind of moved on from it. I wanted a little more hobbying to go with the hobby. And now, Chatterpoint. All right. Um, what else? I don't think there's anything else for MCP really that came out over the past two weeks. <laughs> I haven't seen or heard anything. Yeah, I've been very like away from Discord recently. Just same. It's been nice to be honest. I, I think if anybody like ever just like feels like they need like a break, just turn notifications off of Discord and step away for a minute. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> nice. It is. It is kind of nice. I ain't gonna lie. Um, I feel like it's necessary in this day and age sometimes. Just don't turn I, us off because we like talking to you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I've still been weirdly busy for this time of year. So it's been a lot of yeah. being busy and the boys are getting a little older. So getting getting time away from them is harder and harder. I'd say it's been busy, but it's been like not busy at the same time. Like my, my, my free time like waxes and wanes so much of where it's at so get that. yeah all right uh all right. we did that we did that challenge of the week from last week wasn't it hypers <laughs> yeah, i believe so <laughs> what did he want i don't remember me? now no, i wanted see. sentinels i think i said sentinels. okay yeah okay so sentinels which one which one we got in here oh man these are some cool rosters you can't pick matematic because he's running x-men with sentinels you can't do that I can't do that. That one's no, no good. No, you can't do that. No. I don't. Hmm. I think. Any or Darth Nader? Darth Nader's got. 
he's the one for me because I like the uh, okay. the shield sentinel pairing. I think that's a cool a cool thing to do, even though he's not running any of the shield cards. He can still do it. Yeah, you can still do it. You don't need to run. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Plus, he's I like it though too. There. That's cool. Yeah, well, I, I, Wan's great with Sentinels. Like, if you're not if you're playing Sentinels and you're not running Wan, like you're missing mm-hmm. out. He's also like got like so many robots. You got Prime, Mark IV, Mark IV. <laughs> Iron Man's kind of a robot, <laughs> right? Cassandra Nova's a uh, might as well be a robot. She's got no emotions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll give it the, the Punisher seal of approval. Darth All Vader, right. great roster. That looks All right, fun. there we go with that. Okay, uh, I guess we can move into the main topic and do the rest later. Um, All right, fair enough. So this week we're going to be talking about cage fights, uh, or just being cagey, really. <laughs> it's just easier to call it cage fights. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about cage fights at your, your local game store, Cage Fight. Uh, make sure it's underground. $10 entry. Winner takes trying, all. Trying to be a cage fighter, Napoleon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's what you want. That's, I don't know. I don't think I would do very well. I'd probably just try to be the guy's friend and be like, you want a hug? Like, you want a hug. Like, don't I'm, hit me. I'm a hugger. He's like, oh, I like to hug. I've, I've had a couple of friends that were fighters. And they, uh, yeah. they're couple, like some of the nicest people I've met. Just just kind, gentle souls. And then you like, it's like the, watch the fight. punch stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and they definitely get it all out. Maybe that's what people need in life. Like all these people like going around angry and like shooting right? places. Maybe they just need to like get into like organized fighting. Just go fight each other. Just go fight each other. Everybody Duke it out. Play. Anyways, uh, <laughs> topic <laughs> is uh, cage fighting. Like how to how to play the game being cagey, because being cagey be is actually yeah. a very um, useful skill in knowing when to do it. Like when is the right time? Um, and I think. Going off of like piggybacking off of the last episode we did, talk about Weapon X and how aggressive they're going to be. Being cagey is actually very good into a very aggressive team because what do they want to do? They want to kill you. If they can't get to you to further their game plan, then the game state and there is not progressing in their favor because they're not hitting their um, game winning requirements. Versus you, your game winning requirements are I need to survive and I need to score points. And there's our, I need to take out models and score points on the side. Well, you're taking away one of the requirements to win, which means being KG is in line with what your strategy should be. So let's define KG. Sam, what do we mean by being KG? Well, that's kind of hard to do. That's why I think this is a good topic. But uh, <laughs> I think, too, because I mean, we've referenced it so many times, right? Like you just got to, you know, the situation where you got to play KG, right? So, like, what, what is playing KG? I think that playing KG is largely not committing, at least not committing too early and not committing too much. Uh, I think that it's a lot easier to point to examples of not being KG in Crisis Protocol, like rushing out with your first activation and doing a check on a, a Kree core that is not being KG. Even if you do it with a character with stealth, even if you do it with Toad, like that's still not being KG. Well, you're showing the... your hand, you're committing to something straight away. Uh, granted, on the flip side of that, X-Men's a great example like their leadership is 100 percent used a lot of times for being cagey where yeah. i'm going to run up grab a center objective and then run back to where you can't even touch me 
right. um, or utilizing the X-Men jump to be able to get in, get out, um, hit and run types of teams, people that can get into a spot, do what they need to do, and then get back out to create distance. It's all about creating that distance to where you're less efficient with your actions at attacking or doing damage in general. Right, making it so your opponent is less efficient. Yes. So yeah. So some of that's like range management. Range management is a skill that I think that uh, X, players who have come over to Crisis Protocol from X-Wing, range management is something that comes pretty naturally to uh, to us. Because it in, in X-Wing, right, you have these set range bands. Uh, in Crisis Protocol, we have set range tools, right? So they're not the same thing. They're not all like the, the same size. But being able to understand you've got a range two attack to avoid you've got a range three attack to avoid you've got a range four attack or more right and understanding where you need to put your character and uh, how how far you can move without just opening yourself up for for getting rocked on so you're basically like trying to kind of bake in a stagger to any sort of move that you're doing absolutely so i think like where where would it be bad to go cagey into something Um, like playing an, into something that doesn't have a whole lot of teeth. I don't think you have to play very cagey. Uh, like, so if like I'm, the, if I'm playing a team like X-Men, like X-Men is like the perfect, the perfect example of like, hmm. like cagey. Cause you guys like flip on sure. dime of being cagey or not being cagey. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and I'm going into, let's say web warriors that are led by miles and it's on a D. I think that's probably a perfect example of when you don't want to be cagey. Because yeah. if you turtle up and you just kind of say, you can't hit me, nana, nana, boo-boo, stick your head in doo-doo, then they're going to be like, I didn't want to hit you anyway, so I'm going to go run over here and get all the points. <laughs> <on> you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you've, I think you, you can play a little more aggressively against uh, somebody like Web Warriors because they've got that one turn where they, mm-hmm. they can dish out a whole lot of damage. But other than that, you're – and even – so other than that and even during that turn, you're still just – they're a variance team. Right, they have good defense dice, but their attack dice are typically just kind of throw and see what sticks. Which yeah. means sometimes you roll ten dice and don't get anything. It also means that sometimes you roll those four miles dice and you're like, I don't know, I just figured I'd try, and you get six hits in a throw. So who knows? So I guess the the next thing on that though is it's like, how how do I recognize my need to be KG versus not? I think that's probably like the biggest link in this chain sure. to understand is like. When do I need to realize my pivot point or when do I need to realize that this game I need to play KG? Is this all just down to repetitions or is there going to be something that people can be like, look at the opposing players team and be like, all right, I need to go KG this game. Because you obviously you can't go KG every game. You can't just be like, I'm going to be KG and there ain't nothing nobody can do about it. And there's, you can't be like, I'm going to be aggressive and there ain't nothing nobody can do about it. You got to have that full faceted or faucet or whatever the word terminology is. Um, to be able to flip on the dime and uh, adjust your game plan. Yeah. And uh, so I think some of that starts in turn zero and and what you're actually bringing to the table from your roster, right? Because sometimes, and so the quest to answer the question, right? I think that largely you have to identify if you're going to be the, the aggressive player in that game. If you're going to be the aggressive player in that game, you're probably not looking to play very cagey. Uh, Black Order has some cagier plays with Thanos where you're, you're kind of saving your Thanos, uh, holding him back a little bit. And there's other times where you're far more aggressive uh, with him. Um, even though 
Black Order has a, a reputation for being very aggressive to play against. Uh, some of that doesn't work if your opponent is being cagey because they're just not going to give you the opportunities. And really, you have Corvus, who's going to be very aggressive, and you have Thanos, who's going to kind of facilitate that aggression. But at the same time, Thanos needs to do more than just move a few pieces around on the board when you're playing him in Black Order, at least. And then on top of that, he, he has to be there and he has to be healthy. Otherwise, he loses a ton of value. So you've got to find a way to get him engaged, but at the same time, you also need to keep him safe, or at least safe enough. And uh, so playing cagey is a lot of the time about determining where the aggression is going to happen on the board and, and trying to determine that based off of, in turn zero, you're just based off of the crisis that have been selected and what you know about your opponent's roster and their preferred lines of play. And then you've also got the tools that you're bringing to the table. And then once you get to round one, that's when you're actually trying to, we, we've deployed at this point, And now you're trying to find out where you think the action is going to happen on the table and how you can basically make your opponent waste as much of their actions, right? Because actions are one of the very limited economies in this game, right? Characters <laughs> typically got two actions for as long as they're alive up to, you know, round six beyond if it's a weird edge case game. So that's a very limited economy. And uh, it's pretty much fixed. So I think that uh, anytime you can make somebody waste an action, you're probably doing something right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> would, just trying to think of, like other good examples of this and like how to implement it the best way possible. Like maybe like no, do you think it's, it's worth like a mindset almost? It's like, it, like a, yeah, like a mindset more than like a well, because like you could play, you could even play. Let's say like let's say Weapon X. You could play Weapon X super cagey if you needed mm -hmm. to. Like, I'm just not being as aggressive as normal, and I'm gonna go ahead and go off this way, and then I'm gonna come swinging back round three, and that's when I'm gonna pivot and not be right. cagey anymore. Um, right. And, you know, so cagey, I think so. Sometimes cagey is just like using terrain to your advantage. Yeah. Right. So you're just going to like, OK, if I, I, I can stand on the point behind this building, you don't have line of sight to me. I'm size two. It's a size three building. You've got to come all the way around or you've got to you know get on top of the building and contest it. And at that point, we're going to be within range, too. So I'm not worried about the cover anyway. Right. So, yeah, some of it is just positioning. Some of it is like you can have a cagey strategy where you're basically going to try to clap back. Right? You're going to be like, okay, I'm going to kind of sell out early. I'm going to get kind of worked by some of these models. And then I'm going to pull <laughs> back into like a, you know, basically like force some sort of a kill zone for my opponent to walk into. And, you know, like that's, that's like a trap, right? So some of being cagey is also like creating traps, I think. Well, it's like, like I used to do that with Malekith where like, I'm not going to grab a hammer. You can grab that hammer. Go ahead. Pick it yeah, up. Of I'm going to like, like just do a bunch of stall, do a bunch of uh, <laughs> stall, um, plays until my opponent begins overly <laughs> right. moved up and then it just turns into all right and attack um i think holy machina has a good point here perhaps when you want to control certain pertinent aspect of the game i think you can be cagey in one aspect of the game and very direct sure. in another and that's another good point well, like there's some games that are so wide and split that you can have one half of the game you're being super cagey on and the other half of the game you're being super aggressive on For or sure. Like um, being cagey with one character, that. yeah, mm -hmm. or any D shape. Um, like you can also just be like cagey with one character. Be like, I'm gonna save this character back here in the corner. 
they're not going to be doing much except for sitting on this back point, and then they just rush in round four, and I have a full health character who's been like yep. stalling the entire game, and now they're coming through to wreck phase. So I think characters that have good action economy usually have a lot more options for playing KG, right? So like a yeah. character like Miles that can basically triple move, uh, or characters like uh, a Zemo who can uh, with a charge, right? A long long range charge. You do have pieces that are going to be better at KG or play than others. So you know maybe you can put a KG character or two into your roster, or maybe you've never thought about your roster that way, and now you're looking at it and you're like, oh wow, I've actually got a, a ton of KG characters in here that are you know hard to pin down, have some sort of a defensive tech or ability, have good mobility, and uh, have something that your opponent will like. Like want to remove from the game, right? So like, like yeah. uh, magic, for example, magic's got I think like three out of four of those qualities. She's not, she doesn't have much in terms of defensive tech, unless you're attacking her with a mystic attack. But like, here's here's a character that's got a lot going on and has a tactics card that's just gonna basically no way to stop it. It's just gonna send you downtown, and that's gonna happen. So I think that that's that's a good example of a character that you you kind of need to play KG with, but also has the tools to to be a KG character effectively. So, so if KG, if we're gonna say KG is more of a mindset, could you build an, a competitive, effective roster that is built around the core mindset of being KG and see consistent success with it? I think I think well, largely I think Shield is a KG roster because mm-hmm. Shields. Uh, with Eye in the Sky, you're constantly threatening your opponent with a wasted action. Because even even though they get that additional action after Eye in the Sky happens, usually it's like, well, I moved to attack you, and now I can't attack you. Yeah. So, like, even though I have another action to spend, I don't get to do what I wanted to do with it. And I think that largely S.H.I.E.L.D. has a KG play style. They can be a little more aggressive because of Eye in the Sky. They can, they have a lot of damage output, but there's also a lot of fragile pieces that need a little bit of protection. And I think Shield's, you know, good enough. A tier, we'll call it. Tier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do those tiers. <laughs> good? Good enough? Like, I don't know. Good enough. Good enough. Good enough tier. Fine. Uh, they're fine. <laughs> well, Mike and I, I think that perhaps Web Warrior is probably the best at the cards let you play KG, Brace, Esper, Safety, Fallback. That's oh, he's talking about Shield Steel. Um, so yeah, Shield has good stuff to play KG, but I, I think Web Warrior is probably the best. I think the top three for me be like Web Warriors, um, Shield, and probably X Men. Like the X Men hop is just huge to be able to like. St- I think X Men is kind of like a pivot team though. Like they can start out KG and then they kind of end up pivoting and yeah they can go either way what they want like, yeah they're a very flexible team that has a lot of options uh i, I think the convocation has some pretty cagey plays like yeah. i don't know the the most success i saw with convocation was basically like trying to convince people to come and walk into my web of convocation characters right and <laughs> which meant that i was constantly trying to keep them safe but also kind of central to each other yeah and uh Doctor Strange, uh, that other guy who's really good, and Magic was was my core. 
And so with, with those three characters, I had a lot of displacement options, both for myself and for my opponents, and uh, just the ability to turn somebody off. Like you had, you had some amazing versatility with, with those pieces, and now they just tend to vanish. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> most other pieces in this game. <laughs> Come back uh, to last it, week. Yeah. That time, that time to kill. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's definitely, definitely a different game now than it was uh, six months ago, which is good. You know, because that means that we have a chance to explore new things, like being super aggressive. Which I'm still. I think this comes back to like the, like how the releases are with this game. You basically have a meta shift every single month, right? Um, and that's really not a bad place to be for a game. If like you don't have a, if you never have a constant meta. Um, and there's always room for innovation and trying out different and new things, and that's that's a really good place for a game to be. And MCP really t- lends itself to being able to push those boundaries of trying different things, and then people get stuck on like, "This is the best, and nothing can beat it." Um, <laughs> <laughs> which. Is only unfortunate when it's true. The rest of the time, it's yeah. fun because it just makes you know you, you can it gives you things to practice against and like benchmarks to beat, which I think is one of the most fun part, most enjoyable parts of gaming for me, is seeing the things that, that come together out of the wild and then being like, okay, I want something that will beat that and not lose to the rest of the field, and that's the kind of stuff that I love building. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. What else should we hit on for being cagey? It's kind of a yeah, it's amorphous, right? Yeah. What else is being cagey? Uh, so I, mean, I guess we could do a little bit of like, not like bat wraps, but like, you know, just game game scenarios that I remember, like feeling like I was doing a really good job of being cagey. Like I played some, uh, I played a triple Hulk list for a little while that was fun with Hulk, She-Hulk, and Hulkbuster. So I played a mm-hmm. game at 20 points that was Hulk, She-Hulk, and Hulkbuster on like Krikor and Terrigen Mists. And I was playing against like a seven wide Guardians. And I was trying to keep my hulk alive with uh a koye and a she hulk and like some various tactics cards and all my hulk did that game and it was it was disciplined it, it hurt my heart to do but all he did was walk up throw ronin and then walk back <laughs> <laughs> every turn <laughs> uh just because i did not want to risk my entire board position on Hulk getting getting judged or giving his Ronin a chance to, to throw me with a wild throw. And just, yeah. just basically just get Ronin out of the way so it wasn't ever going to happen. And he either would have to come in and get some from one of my other characters or I would just continue to walk. I think it was, yeah, I, was, I couldn't double walk. Maybe it was a scroll then. Must have been a scroll, but we played at 20 points. It was fun. It was a fun game, but it was very disciplined because I did not have a lot of options and I had to keep Hulk alive. So that was a cagey Hulk play. <laughs> uh, Holy Mackinac <laughs> in the chat, do you think games that allow pre-measuring make it harder to play cagey? Um, I don't think so because even when you don't have pre-measuring, it's like, that, that just feels more like luck. Like you're like, oh, I'm just in awesome or oh, I'm just out. Like, you, don't, you can't really plan around it. Versus like MCP where you can be like, okay, well, I'm just out of five. They'll, they're going to have some backdoor way that they can get like in range or something like right. that. And like being, being like 
perfectly just out of range kind of like gets to the point of like I don't I don't really know how to like say what I'm thinking, but it's like I don't really sit there with sticks and like measuring perfect. I'm always like, yeah, I'm either in or I'm out, whatever. Because um, I don't want to sit there for five minutes like perfectly measuring all the different <laughs> avenues. Because that's like boring for me and my opponent, in my opinion. Right. And <laughs> I'll do it, but I, I try to keep it to much. a minimum. Like I'm not going to yeah. do that on every play, on every move, on every this, on every that. Like every now and, and then, like, I'll be like, okay, this has to be like exactly what it's supposed to be. But I don't. I don't think allowing pre measuring makes it harder to play KG. Um, I actually think it makes it easier to play KG. I agree, uh, especially for newer people who aren't like, oh, that looks like a five, or that looks like a three. Um, yeah. Like newer people can like be like it allows, it allows newer people to like try and play with more of that KG mentality because they know they could put down a stick and take a look at it. Um, related to that question would be, what do you think is the most important component? Of KG play, mindset, situational awareness, etc. I'd honestly say situational awareness, like knowing yes. like what you have available to you for options and what your opponent has available to them as options, and understanding what they can do to get around you being KG. Like if I'm being KG, perfectly all well and dandy, like, but if they have a Thanos who can just go in and pull me out of my KG state, then right. it's kind of like, what's the point of me being KG and wasting my actions setting something up like that? when he's going to pull me out of it anyways. So situational awareness, I think, is, like, key to doing good KG plays. I, I hate to agree, but I, I would also agree that situational awareness is is, is huge for KG play. Uh, I think that, to go back to the original question, no, I don't think that it makes it harder. I do, again, agree that it makes it largely easier and that it, it turns the the weird attempted gotchas into something that is either like, Oh wow. Even I didn't see that. I'm brilliant. Yeah. Or <laughs> uh, it's, it takes the guess, the guesswork out of it. It's something, you know, again, going back to X-Wing playing X-Wing and trying to guess at a range band. It's like, Oh, I'm definitely going to be out of three here. Well, I'm not out of three. <laughs> Looks like I can shoot <laughs> or get shot. Right. It's good and bad. It's I actually, bad. I, I do think, I don't know, like, the feelings of pre-measuring versus not pre-measuring. So I've, I've played both throughout my years of gaming. Mm-hmm. And I've just always enjoyed games that had pre-measuring more. Um, what I don't like, though, is when a game goes from no pre-measure to allowing pre-measure. That's annoying. Um, but, like, if your game is, like, made with, like, pre-measuring in mind, then that's kind of, like, baked into a lot of the rules. You don't realize it a lot of times. But, like, if pre-measuring is baked into the core concept of the rules, then, like, that's designed into the game rules as well versus if you have a game that like was designed with no pre-measuring that's designed into the rules as well and you'll be like well and like then like with like no pre-measuring a lot of it's like left up to luck and like your player skill to be able to make reference points on a board when you're measuring and doing all this stuff um and like it just creates a whole entire another avenue of thought processes and math and all sorts of stuff. I, so I just I just prefer pre-measuring because it, it simplifies things in my opinion. I like this level of pre-measuring. I yeah. I understand that there's like a whole other level beyond crisis protocol pre-measuring, like uh, with you know proxy bases and things like that. And I would say that if MCP would just allow all pre-measuring, like golly, that would that would certainly like make it very specific, right? Like okay, mm-hmm. like, 
because there's a lot of questions that have come up on the forums, you know, over the over time that winds up being like, hey, I didn't realize it. This is a proxy base. You can't do that. And yeah. if they took that off, then, you know, you know, have a, a fair amount of the rules questions <laughs> could disappear. <laughs> but uh, I like this level. It's more than X-Wing had or, or has. I haven't played for a while, so I don't know. And it's uh, it's less than the, the, you know, trigonomic perfection required to play. Yeah. The thing I like about proxy bases is it's just like a lot of times it mates for like a cleaner. Oh yeah, yeah. Like cleaner it would play. be so much like, easier if I could just be like, okay, I'm gonna move Zemo, put him down long, put a base in, move the tool around, move him down long. Like there it is. Yeah, and you could unwind things a lot easier. But I, I understand where it's at. I like it. I don't know. I like. Yeah. I, like, I, like I, I agree. I I like it where it's at. I don't think it really needs to change. Just. I think it's definitely interesting to talk about, though. That's that's a that's a fun one. Yeah, I think overall being KG pre measuring helps it um, because a lot of times it comes back to like what I was saying, what Sam was saying is you're rather dust in or you're dust out if you don't have pre measuring. If you're pre measuring, you know where you are, um, you and it's not left up to luck. <laughs> yeah, you if should. It's close, or you're like me, close, and you don't you can care. Force it. If it's close, yeah. you can you can almost always force something out. Right, it's it's hard to force something in because you're like I can't get any further. But if you're trying to get out of range from something that you're moving towards, it's always easier to stay out of range. Yeah, which is what you want when you're playing KG more often than not is to be just Absolutely. out of range. All right, anything else you got on KG, or do you want to hit up some other stuff? Well, you know, I guess one thing that came, that comes to mind is back when I was playing X Men like a year ago before they were good. Uh, one of the things that I would constantly do with it, I, I used to say that X-Men makes you a better player. Just playing X-Men makes you a better player because it was fundamentals play. I think that a lot of being KG and KG plays is, is understanding those kind of fundamentals. And so I had this decision tree that I realized I was using without even trying. Like it was like, because I was just like trying to win on objectives without getting too bogged down in an attrition game plan with them. And I really... Like it was like attacking was like the third or fourth thing down the decision tree because it was always about something it was else. It was about scoring points, taking damage myself, setting up for next turn. And if I still had an action left, then I was like, okay, I guess I'll shoot something that's in range. Because everything else that I was trying to do was about positioning myself on the board to be where I wanted to be for the game and the game skate going forward. And then any sort of attacking I did was just like icing on the cake. Like, okay, I'm going to try to, I guess, maybe I'll get the wild push. We'll see what happens. It's o- It only <laughs> gets better if I get the wild push instead of putting myself in situations where I was like, well, I'm going to need this wild push or this game is over. Yeah. <laughs> that just comes back to like being like adaptable. Like, don't yeah. get stuck into like one game plan. If you're saying, okay, I'm playing KG this game, that might change halfway through the game. Right. Stay adaptable. Okay, um, I guess we can move on to sales pitch of the week. Uh, okay. Do you want it? I mean, we had a really good suggestion for sales pitch. That reminds me, I have like challenge of the week winner from Patreon, like back in October, and I kept forgetting to like say it. <laughs> I'm a terrible person. <laughs> Let me find it while you're trying to find that. <laughs> uh... It's 
good radio right here, you know. Yeah, this is solid. Just just silence. We're here for you guys. We're here for you guys. <laughs> oh man. Who was this? Man, that this is all lame. There it is. Okay. Uh challenge of the week. Here it is. From Mantis Toboggan. Back in October. <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry. <laughs> Once a list with Cyclops as a leader, Wolverine, Engine Gray, and using the Gene Tactics card. Yeah. That's all it is. So Cyclops leader, Wolverine, Gene Gray with the Gene Gray Gene Tactics card. Nice. That's that's pretty solid. I think we did lockjaw. I think I think I did lockjaw. Yeah, you did lockjaw. Because I remember you, you're at the bestest of boys. Bestest. Of I remember boys. that. Yeah. Uh, Captain Marvel. I could sell this pitch, Captain Marvel. All right, dude. You got Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. You got it. So you Captain go ahead Marvel. and ramble. And... <laughs> Captain Marvel, super fun. <laughs> play some Captain Marvel. She's in the corset, so like you have her if you play this game. First of all. Is she outclassed by Vision? Probably, but like most four threats are. So don't let that be the deciding factor. Also, she did get that like tune up last year. So she's better than she looks. If you're you're not familiar with her new uh, stat card, she's got a cheaper throw, cheaper binary form, and I think an extra defense somewhere. But she's cool. She cancels energy attacks with her reverse pierce, right? Maybe not the best thing to bring. Uh, and into Malekith, but she does stagger. So she's like, you know, she's got tools to bring into the big boy. She does really good against bigger, thicker models in general. Uh, her range four energy attack gainer, where she can reroll any dice, is an incredibly efficient attack. Uh, especially if you can get binary active. I've been playing her in, in humans, because that's been fun. Funneling power into Captain Marvel to go binary whenever it makes more sense than funneling power to Medusa and get her binary, get her rolling six dice, and she turns into a range four Magneto at range two. So she's really f- fun in terms of output, so long as your rerolls matter. And uh, she has a size four throw, which I think is just incredibly underrated in general in the game. Number one, she has a size four purchase character throw so it's not attached to an attack it's a superpower pay three power make something size four go away uh man is it is it short or medium Medium. (laughs) i want to say it's medium right i'm pretty sure it's medium i am almost positive which means i'm probably wrong yeah it's true (laughs) medium throw okay medium once per turn so She's got six health on both sides, three, four, three defenses. She's got a real basic physical strike at five dice range two, but it's that energy, energy blast is really the, the attack that I use. And she can be wildly super duper cool against energy attacks in binary form where you just don't take any damage. And then she's got two really cool immunities for the game. Uh, in incinerate and poison immunity. So her power generation is pretty darn consistent. And uh, she's also got immunity to incinerate. So her defense stays exactly where you think it should be. And uh, nice. I think that, yeah, Mackinac mentions in the chat here, yeah, that uh, Pyro coming out is going to make incinerate <laughs> pretty prevalent. 
you're not wrong. So, immunity to incinerate could become a lot cooler. Because they, they have to be incinerated for his card to make you drop something, don't they? Yeah, and everything he That's does. Kinda is like, That's kind of big. That's kind of big. Yeah. I like it. I think he gives out an incinerate like candy, though. It's just like, yeah. you get an incinerate. You get an incinerate. Beam incinerate. Let's go. We right. thought shock beams were good. <laughs> incinerate beams is better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Listener questions. Jim Ramar. I recently was gifted a set of models for the Fantastic Four and Doctor Doom. What models would these be good proxies for it to keep a theme-ish for the characters while also trying to play to an affiliation? Huh. Fantastic Four. Who's like the closest to Fantastic Four, do you think? Well, there's the OG Human Torch, Miss Marvel, (laughs) Hulk, and somebody really fragile. Uh, Maybe like Black Widow? She's got stealth. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Done. So Avengers, Great Avengers. Question. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I can't think of it. Like that's probably the closest you're gonna get to it. What about Doom though? Who would Doom be? Hmm. Malekith. Malekith. Yeah. Any of the big bads, right? Like, like pick 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 your favorite five or six threat and just call it Doom. All right, Tony Schultz. Which of the current sing- currently single le- leader Ooh, factions? That's a good one. I like that. Holy Mackinac. Oh, for for Doom. Yeah, yeah. that's a good fitting, one. Fitting too. <laughs> Which of the currently single leader factions would benefit most from a new leader? Options include Defenders, A Force, X Force, Wakanda, Shield, Asgard, Sentinels, Winter Guard, and Guardians. Uh, spider foes, inhumans, sons to dark dimension. Um, I'm gonna be a chill here and say X Force, um, uh, because <laughs> why not? Um, honestly, like X Force has like some of like the best characters in the game. Like they have some of the best three threats, and they're kind of anchored down by. It's just a five guess, threat like, leader. Just having a five yeah, threat yeah. leader is. I don't want to say that Cable's like terrible because he's not like the no. worst of the worst. Like it he's just, actually it, pretty good. Like, he's got he's got one of the best kits. It's just at certain threat values, it's like impossible to play Cable. Yeah. Um, so so I mean, it, it, like yeah, they right. like yeah, like like the five threat thing. Five threat leader, I think, is just a bad design to be completely honest. Unless they have a three threat or four threat already, like go ahead and bring yeah. in that big threat leader. After they can actually play like more spread, in my opinion. So I think that the five threat leader factions are the ones or affiliations or are the six, ones that, A Force. That, yeah, the, the, but it's the, the five threat ones I feel like need the most help because yeah. A Force has a deep roster and the tactics cards that come with, with A Force are pretty darn incredible. Uh, yeah. You can play leaderless A Force. It, like, it's not the most fun thing to leave your leader at home. But they have a lot of options without Jen still. Whereas I think that Asgard with Thor, X-Force with Cable, and Defenders with Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah, and Inhumans with Black Bolt. <laughs> they're, they're in, like, you have one game. And if you get thrown off that game plan, then you're in a much tougher spot. And it uh, doesn't necessarily mean that, like, you have to be on your secures or on your extracts or something like that. I mean, like, if you get thrown off your point value... That that's where it really starts to to get uncomfortable. Like the Asgard roster that I brought to Nashcon is seventeen and eighteen threat crises, and that's all it had. 
because yeah. I didn't want to play on not 17 or 18. <laughs> and fortunately, 17 is really common. Uh, and, and 18 was actually my, my preferred space. And so it was... I only played a couple of games not on, maybe... I might have played them yeah, all. On the ours, was, ours was 14. 17, 18. Well, that was, yeah, the Nova roster is different. The The Black Order one, I didn't win. Oh, you said no. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah, that, that was 14. Nashcon, yeah. did I say Nashcon? I meant to say Nashcon earlier. I think you said Nashcon, but I heard Nova. <laughs> <laughs> one or the other. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I think that at sixth threat, the, the leader is a lot more, like, I agree that A-Force needs help and should definitely be on that list. Because, again, if they get thrown off of... I think they're more scenario dependent than the other ones where you literally want yeah. to be running a specific like game plan. And if you get thrown on a different crisis, that's out of your game plan, then it's a lot more uncomfortable. I think Asgard can hang on that kind of stuff a little better than a force can. Cause I think that at that point, the danger is in your sixth threat leader, just disappearing. If you wind up on like yeah. researcher or gamma and then you're like, Oh, what if I just didn't have my leader? Like I didn't mean to be leaderless, but now I have. <laughs> So I, I think that uh, defenders probably need the most help. I don't know who you give to uh, Asgard because I know, like, it's not that I don't love Lady Thor. It's that the mighty Beta Ray Thor. Bill. Beta Ray Bill. Uh, yeah, but like. How cool would that be? How cool like would that threat. be? Like, he should still be yeah, like that's a fair. five threat. <laughs> that's fair. But like, which flavor of five threat leader do I want? Uh, Inhumans have some easy ads, I think. Uh, yeah. Defenders. X Force has a level. shit ton that they go through. You I would love literally... to see some Krakoa X Force come through for yeah. that. Like, I'd love to see like CIA Beast as an X Force yeah. leader. So that's so honestly, like new Beast, like X Force leader Beast is the next X Force leader I want because I 100% see it bringing like an actual tactical leadership to them, and that's right. what they need. Yeah, something movement. Yeah, or, yeah. It'd that's be cool. What I Something something Krakoa tech could work pretty cool there yeah. too. Like, I don't know, like wish lists. <laughs> like hey, cool Christmas is coming. Christmas is cool. Toys. <laughs> all right, next, uh, Bloondy. So with Weapon X almost certainly including OG Wolverine, that makes him the most affiliated character and has a plethora of tactics cards <laughs> he can use. Could this mean that he is effectively unbuffable if he's changed too much? It could have a lot of unforeseen consequences. Um, number one, I, I'm not going to say that he's almost certainly included in Weapon X because they've done some crazy stuff with affiliation lists that I, I don't bank anything on that affiliation list until I see it in writing. <laughs> um, just because like there's some stuff that I'm just like, what? Um, where's where's this character? Like we Omega that, Red and X-Force. Omega, Omega Red should be X-Force. Yeah. <laughs> That or like what's like where a force is unaffiliated on the comic book yeah like ghost spider um i can't think of all of them right now but anyways ghost spider electra gene gray are the three that yeah. come to mind yeah but it's like i i don't i don't put any stock in like marvel universe and mcp of like what should and should not be affiliated well there's snapshots um, right so yeah if if x-men Wolverine and it's like, is like the snapshot of not weapon x wolverine when he's like no yeah F that yeah, because like, like it could it could literally be that where it's like the yellow suit, '90s cartoon Wolverine has nothing to do with Weapon X. Um, it is possible that they just go that route. Um, but it, granted, he still is like one of the most affiliated characters. I think it is a valid question that he does have a plethora of tactics cards he can use. 
And it could potentially mean that he's effectively unbuffable because of the breadth of like <laughs> things available to him. Because if they gave him that one little edge of be like, okay, he can interact on his flip side now. Okay, he has a six die builder now. It's like, okay, well now he's the most broken character in the game because of how many options he has available to him on top of the buffs he just gave him. Which yeah. is maybe what that might be why he is the way he is. It's because he can go so many different places and he has oh. so many different ways to use him. He like, definitely has a Steve Rogers tax on him. Yeah. With his with his three three cost charge. <laughs> mm-hmm. All so right. it's literally like I I wouldn't say like him being almost certainly weapon X, but I would agree that I could see him like the 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 amount of stuff he has available to him probably makes him unbuffable and probably won't see much changes to Wolverine. And if it does, it's gonna be super minuscule. And if he gains something, he's probably losing something at the same time. Could he lose a threat? <laughs> <laughs> threat and health. If you make him like a, a f- what? Make it him like Deadpool. Make, make him make him make him like Deadpool. Make him a four oh, on the front uh, side and a six on the back side. No, no, no. There you go. Then he could don't be a three dread. Don't do my boy like that. I I don't know. I think it's a legitimate question. I think it's a really like fair point. He may not. I mean, they've already said they don't want to buff or change anything. Like again, anyway, yeah. Right. So I think that the answer here is that we're getting a new Logan instead of a Logan change, and yeah. that's that's fine. Uh, I always enjoyed Wolverine. I never like. He's just a high roll character. That's all. Like X-Men. it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. The, the characters I played it. I I played him the other night. I put him on the table with Colossus and X twenty three and Storm, and mm-hmm. I had a had a fun game on Sword with with that team just like rolling rolling dice all over the place. And like yeah, he he's just that's, cool that's what he does. He like and then yeah. he came back and popped a rogue like <laughs> in response. Like it. I don't know. It was cool. The only time I've ever actually been like disappointed with him is when you don't do any damage on a Berserker Barrage. That's when you're like, yep. F-, "F this card." <laughs> this is at you. least like once a game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's at least once a tournament, which is why he probably yeah. doesn't see a lot of high level play because you never know when <laughs> your, your Berserker gonna Barrage is just going to crap out. It's fine. All right, um, it's just Rari. How do you plan for a big con? Two months out, are you tuning a list, throwing stuff at a wall to see what sticks? Um, <laughs> so Nova was what August? Yeah, and we knew about Malekith in July. Yeah, ish. Yeah, no, we saw no, no we saw him no Mini Stravaganza. Because... Yeah, it was what June? Mini Stravaganza was June. So yeah, two no, months it was, out. It was supposed to be June. Yeah, so it was yeah, yeah, month and a half, two months out. So, so yeah, I'd say two months out is when I really started like, but it was two months nonstop of me just jamming games. Yeah, I think you did something similar for Nashcon last year too, right? Yeah, like, Nashcon, I was like, that. I'm playing X Force, nothing but X Force. Yeah, got to make the perfect list. ASM, oh my god, he's amazing here. Moon Knight, oh my god, he's amazing here. Week before, you can't play with them; they're not out yet. <laughs> <laughs> so salty. Curse you, Nate. Uh, <laughs> uh, so you're no, a planner. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to plan plan it out. Yeah. Like I, I would say two to three months out is when, like I know what I'm gonna be taking to that event two to three months out. Right. Uh I I go both ways on this. I tend to get locked into a list early and then I 
either grind that until the event or like a day or a week or a month before the event. I'm like, actually, I don't actually want to play that at all. I'm going to, I'm going to play this. And so that's how Nova went for you. <laughs> well, that's exactly what Nova was. Cause I, I, I did Asgard going into Nashcon. I started playing Asgard like a, like hardcore, like I didn't know what to bring to Nashcon. So I started bringing Asgard to game night just to be like, well, you know, I don't know what I'm going to play. And like, this is like, turn my brain off, just play some MCP and have some fun playing Asgard. And so I got like a month's worth of, of games and teching and, and testing. But like, that was a roster that like I felt was already pretty much solved, like well before any of the Nashcon testing happened. I was looking for like one card in a month of testing. Yeah. Cause, and like, I wound up not even playing it. <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> how I've, that's, that's how that card has been in that roster the entire time I've played it. Like, it doesn't matter what I put there. It never hits the table. Unless I'm like, I'm going to test this, so I'm going to put it on the table. Uh, and then Nova, being like two weeks after Nashcon, the obvious choice was just to play Asgard again. But I didn't actually want to do that. <laughs> so uh, I just, I spent like those entire two weeks not having any idea what I was going to play. And then picked up Black Order like two days before and didn't settle on the roster until I like packed my bag to make the trip. So. Yeah, I tried convincing you, sons, at like two o'clock in the morning or some shit like that. <laughs> and you know what? If if they had more paint on them, it might have happened. But <laughs> there was no paint on those models. There's there's no base paint. Like I have like base coats on almost all of them. Yeah. But uh, like the actual bases themselves are unpainted. I was like, I don't want to bring a bunch of unpainted bases, and I am not going to jam out a bunch of bases tonight. <laughs> that's fair. All right. Well, that's going to finish us up. Is there anything else you would like to say tonight? Tonight. I would like to say thanks for bearing with us over all of these uh, shows away that we've had. Uh, the holiday season and the lack of MCP news has made it somewhat hard to talk about things sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and now, you know, here we are. We're coming into the Christmas season, so I'm sure we'll miss one or two more over <laughs> the next month. Maybe. But uh, Merry, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever you're into. And uh, thanks for hanging out with us again. All right. And with that, we have been the Rogue Agents, and you have been the listener. Perfectly balanced, as all things should be. Maximum effort. In this war, there's no one surrender. He's not alive, but he's right. Who the hell is Bucky? You don't like a fair fight. I think you're wrong. Which part? All of it. Think you're the only superhero in the world? Touche. We did it.